Hello and welcome to Push Your Peak with me, Louise Minchin. Each week I'll be joined by some of the world's most incredible sports people who've achieved extraordinary things. I'll be finding out what it takes both physically and mentally to surpass what you think the human body is capable of and achieve your goals. As these people share their stories, I hope you take away the belief that you too can achieve your goals no matter how big or small. Today I'm joined by Strictly Come Dancing's Karen Hauer. Karen was born in Venezuela and brought up in New York from the age of eight. She studied at the Martha Graham School of Contemporary Dance and then the High School of Performing Arts, majoring in ballet and contemporary dance, before going on to study ballroom and Latin at the age of 19. Karen is the longest running professional on Strictly and she's reached the final twice with her partners Mark Wright and the wonderful Jamie Lamb. She's also a certified personal trainer and launched her fitness brand, Power Power, in 2019, which encourages its community to work out at home without equipment. Power Power is all about finding your inner power and seeing how far you can push yourself inside and out. She's currently rehabbing from a knee injury, which saw her take eight weeks away from dancing, which she described as mentally challenging. It is so fantastic to see your gorgeous, smiley face. <laughs> How are you? A rather big mouth. <laughs> no, you, you're just gorgeous. I love a big smile. I am doing well. Thank you. Very, very well. Thank you so much for joining us here on the podcast. And we'll start, I think, probably with that first question, because I know that you've suffered a knee injury, haven't you? So, and well is a good answer. So what's been going on? It's one of these things that I've never had an injury before. So the fact that in the past, in the 30 years that I've been dancing to all of a sudden get an MRI, start getting pains in my, I got, I, I did a routine, which was a robot routine as you do on Strictly. (laughs) And I was wearing like these really big chunky boots and I was doing a lot of plies and then twisting. And I think my knee didn't like that very much. But also from the years of wear and tear, I think my knee finally went, okay, Karen, it's time for you to take a break. So apparently I have a, a slight tear in my meniscus. So I got an injection and I'm, I'm happy that I don't have to get operated on right now. So that's good. And in the meantime, I'm, I've just been rehabbing for the past eight weeks. Literally, it sounds, it's going to sound horrible, but I think it's one of the, one of the best things that's happened because I've finally been able to stop rest my body and rebuild my body again. And now I am more than ready to go out on tour and take the world, (laughs) take the world on. And I'm feeling really, really healthy and really positive. So it was like, it was a good time to kind of, for that to happen. It's never a good time, but I'm glad that it happened when it did. That's really interesting because I imagine most people who are listening to this podcast who are want to be athletes, trying things, pushing their limit, all the rest of it, I bet there's hardly a person who's not had an injury. So we'll come back to your rehabilitation a little bit later. I mean, I've been through all sorts of injuries. I'm particularly interested as I've got a knee injury at the moment. So I think it's going to be really interesting for people. So let's take you through because you are just an incredible athlete. And I just watch all of you guys on Strictly Come Dancing with huge admiration. Just tell us about the sort of physicality, the physical demands on your body of doing that you know one of the things I guess that some people usually when when they watch us dancing and they're like oh my god it's so beautiful it looks so lovely and light and you must really love what you do and it's so it looks so easy and enjoyable 
And yes, it is all of that. It is all of that. Behind the scenes, <laughs> underneath it all, when the lights go off, when you're in the background, when you're in the rehearsal rooms, it's one of the toughest things I put my body through, but the toughest things that I put other people's bodies through as well. So for myself, it's a nonstop, for example, in Strictly time, or even if I'm on tour or anything like that, don't really have off days when we're on Strictly. You know, you work seven days a week and you work, your brain never stops. You know, you're constantly thinking. So not only is it mentally demanding, physically demanding as well, both of them go hand in hand. I'm constantly in pain. I'm not going to lie. You know, wow. I look fit and I, you know, I'm, you know, muscular and I, but most of the times I was exhausted. I'm exhausted. I'm, I don't have a lot of time to recover. There are sore muscles, sore things that happen. And also dancing with someone who's never danced before, teaching them, doing the repetition over and over again, especially for a female. As a female, you have to control the male that you're dancing with, your celebrity, but also and put. you have to drive them. You have to teach them. You have to place them in position. You have to hold their frame. You have to push them in and out of everything. So on our bodies is, is, is even tougher. It is intense, the amount of work and the amount of trauma that happens to your muscles. And you have zero time to rest because there is no time to rest because you have, you're literally on, on you have a timer. Um, I literally have about three days to get this person set. So choreography, I have technique, I have to teach them musicality and performance, intense. So this podcast is all about pushing and pushing people's peak. And what strikes me about what you're saying is you get, you know, these different people who will have different strengths and I mean, physical strength, different fitness as well. So you are really starting every time with a kind of new set of rules, aren't you? Absolutely. Absolutely. Everyone works completely different. Sometimes you get, you know, I dance with Charles Venn, who is very, he's tall, but he's stacked you know, he's an actor and he is muscular. And I mean, I did some amazing tricks with him and, you know, he had rhythm. It was easy to teach him and it was easy for him to lift me into things, but also it was really hard to move him because he was all muscle. So every time that I taught him anything, it was almost like I, I was telling him to breathe and to kind of like take everything at a pace. But also my body was was suffering from it as well because I'm literally carrying about 200 pounds around. And then you have someone like, like Chris Ramsey, who non-dancer, you know, who's very funny, very <laughs> funny. And we didn't do any crazy tricks. You know, I mean, everything that, that I did with him was all basic stuff. And it's more about the performance, you know, more about what, what his showmanship and, you know, all of these celebrities that come in, they all require coaching. So it's not just the, the physical aspect of it that, I'm, that I have to coach you, but the mentality behind it, building the confidence, making sure that you're, you trust me, making sure that you're understanding everything that I'm telling you from the steps to what the music's going to sound like when, you know, when you're in rehearsals compared to when you're at the studio. There is so much to think about. So when I actually have any pain in my body, I stop feeling pain because I have, I'm too, there's so much more that I have to think about that sometimes whatever's happening in my body, I don't, I don't actually think about. I just, you kind of just go into autopilot. Now, 
the celebrities, they're in pain all the time. <laughs> I'm laughing, but I shouldn't laugh. I mean, I can imagine. That's one of the things that strikes me because people say, oh, what, are you ever going to do Strictly? And I'm like, I have a sort of, because of what I've done with endurance sport, I have an inclination of what that might feel like. And I can imagine that is sore, sore, sore. It is tough. I mean, I think one of the main things, if anybody ever wants to do Strictly as a professional and as a celebrity, your activity levels, your stamina, the way that your body is has to be at, at top peak. You know, you, ha- you can't come in cold into Strictly. So it's especially for, for celebrities, for people who, who are not as used to doing what we're doing, they have to go to the gym. You have to go for a run, start getting that, releasing your body, getting movement into your muscles, connecting. Because I think that's the, that's the hardest thing, connecting your brain to your muscles. Like if your arm has to go up on five, sometimes you're like, what is my right arm? They're like, it's this one. It's this right arm. So sometimes it's like reminding them that they have a right arm, a left arm, a right foot, a left foot. And it's almost like connecting with yourself and being aware that you have this amazing machine that sometimes we all kind of just take for granted and we don't think about enough. Do you think that dance, and I'm not a dancer and I've never had a dancing lesson in my life, do you think though it could, in other sports, kind of help you because of that connectivity between your brain and your body? Absolutely. I mean, I feel like just being connected, you know, whenever I think about if I'm teaching or if I'm cycling, if I'm with my physio, if I'm doing boxing, doing yoga, anything like that, I'm always connecting to what I have to do with my body. I, I go, okay, so my ribs are in, the spine alignment, feel my hips. It's almost like going through pinpoints in your body, but almost like connecting to it. It's so hard sometimes if I think about putting my shoulders back and then I have to think about keeping my shoulders there the whole time. It's almost like retraining your body to listen to itself in a way and doing different things absolutely helps. And that's why I love doing so many different things because it helps my dancing and it helps me also be even more connected with my body when I'm doing other other styles of, of exercises. Yeah, and I've seen, I mean, I've seen so much of your stuff on Insta and we'll come to your how a power a little bit later, but you do yoga, you do all sorts of different things, don't you? Yeah, I love it. You know what? I think that's what keeps me keeps me plugged in and it keeps me excited about what I do. So I don't always go back to the same thing. And I, I like doing different things now. Before, I was a little bit more afraid because I was like, oh, I, got, I felt like I was in a glass box. I had to like make sure that my body was staying safe at all times. So I wouldn't go rock climbing. I wouldn't play basketball. I wouldn't. There were certain things that I would stay away from. Any kind of, obviously, no contact sports or anything like that. Really <laughs> I love the way you're hitting your hand. But, you no know, rugby like, for you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Not big no-no. No rugby. I feel like now I've kind of released myself from that. Growing up, I did a lot of, I loved playing out with my brother and, and doing, playing soccer, being a tomboy, you know, just doing different things out and about. As I grew older and I got a little bit more serious about my dancing, I felt like I needed to protect myself even more. But now, especially after the two years that we've had, I am doing everything. <laughs> <laughs> and it's fun. It keeps me going. Actually, I really like that. I'm going to go back to that. But next time I'm going to try something different. It keeps it fun. And also it helps me evolve as well as an athlete and as a performer. It gives me more inspiration and motivation. You talk about connection between your bodies and your mind. What about connection with your partner? How do you work on that? And is it, I'm going to say this because you can't say this. 
it must be easier sometimes than others. Oh, you know what? I think it's all acting for us. You know, I'm not actually looking at you with loving eyes, caressing your face. I'm actually, this is part of the movement. This is five, six, seven, eight. You were very convincing when you did that then, by the way, everybody. She was very convincing. (laughs) You know, it's, it's all timing. It's all part of, you know, there is a feeling behind it. There's a, but I think that's, that's the thing. It's like when you first start with your dance partner, whether they're professionals or celebrities, you have a trust. You have this trust. You have this thing that you're friends, you get along. And it's really important in the first couple of days, especially if it's, if it's an amateur that I'm, that I'm dancing with, someone who's a non-dancer, that I get to know them first. I get to know their sense of humor. I get to know how much I can push, how much I can take away. And from there, I can start sensing how they're going to react to me, especially when there's something like a cha-cha-cha where you have to smile. Are they going to give me what I need? What, you know, that cheekiness. I almost have to go in there playing jokes or going, what's going to make this person laugh and give me what I need character-wise, performance-wise. Or if it's a more of a rumba, if we talk a little bit more about serious things or about their life or if they, if they have partners, is if it's a beautiful memory that they have from getting married or, or their children or anything like that. So I try to connect them to things that make them happy or make them feel the love. So it's not just like, a, oh, I love you. Oh, you know, that kind of thing. Or like, I am so happy. You know, it's now happy, happy, happy. There's yeah, actually so it a comes from the heart. Yeah, yes, exactly. So it's it's a real emotion instead of a made up emotion. And what about mindset as well, for example? When you are going into a final, are you competitively minded? Would you would you like to be winning it? I have a very healthy relationship when it comes to the word competition. I put it in the corner. She stays in the corner. When I need her, she comes out. Okay. But for me, it's not about the winning aspect. Everybody wants to win, but it's it's different. It's not, I feel for me as having my career now for 30 years, it's always been about the structure and the discipline. And what I love from it is learning and the pushing into it. And those days that you that you're almost in tears because you're that exhausted, but you have to push through because there's an audience out there or because there's somebody out there that is is depending on you. I only bring out competition when I'm feeling exhausted, when I need that push. For me, it's always been about the drive. When I was a kid, that's how it was. It wasn't wasn't an option for me to, to not be good. I needed to be good. I had to be good. I became good. And I know that sounds overconfident, but I love everything about what I do. And I. It doesn't. It doesn't. It sounds like you worked hard. Yes, it's hard work. Exactly. And, and that's what I love. I love being professional. I love the fact that I can go in and, and people know that you're serious about what you do and when you're about to, how you're utilizing your body, how you're teaching, how you treat others that you work with how you come across on television is completely different because I can't be that serious. You know, I have to be bubbly and fun and which I I enjoy. I love, but the real me is pretty full on straightforward. No time to kind of be extra competitive. That's, that's wasting a little bit of time. That's ego. When I'm trying to be competitive and then I bring a little bit of ego in, then I lose track of where I'm going. And then I start thinking about what other people are doing, in which is, is not the right thing to remain focused. And at the end of the day, to create longevity, which is 
why I've been on the show for 10 years now. There's a lot to pick up on because you said some really interesting things. And bear with me if I, I just wrote some notes. So why was failing? Why was not being good not an option for you? Well, when I got to New York when I was eight years old with my From family, Venezuela. From Venezuela, yeah. yeah. You know, my mom didn't really have time for me to be to be silly. My dad left pretty much after he abandoned us pretty much after we got to New York within the year. And it was just mom with three kids. She, you know, she's pretty tough. She's a tough Latina. And the only, my only responsibility was go, to go to school and be mm-hmm. good and do well. I was never that kid that my mom had to go to my school to talk to the teachers because I was being bad. I was always very focused because I wanted to do good for my mom. That was it. So there was no time for me to kind of be, I needed to be responsible because I didn't want to be a hassle because she had so many other things to worry about. And you kind of almost, you know, my brother and my sister, we were all the same. We all had to be focused because nobody wanted to get on the bad side of my mom. (laughs) It's very powerful motivation on lots of different levels, that, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And, And I think sometimes when, you know, as a minority and as female, and I've always been an immigrant wherever I've gone. I went to the U.S. as an immigrant. I've come here as an immigrant. I, you know, but this is my home now. And that's what I've loved. And the U.S. became my home. And, and here now, I, I'm very much part of this country. And that's what I've, I've always wanted to fit in. I've always wanted to be a part of a family, of a structure, because my structure was, was not there from the beginning. Mm. And I think that if I kept a good structure for myself, it would help me build and it would it keep me on track. You talked about that time when things are feeling really awful and you've had a really bad day and it's tough and painful and all the rest of it. You talked about pushing then. So at that point, how do you push yourself? What are your what's your thought process? Getting through it. I remember there was one during this strictly series. We recorded all of the all of the numbers. We recorded three numbers a, a day pretty much. And it was very, very intense. And I remember it was the last number that we were doing. And we only had a couple of more takes. And my feet were killing me. My body was in pain. My back was in pain. All the other dancers were around me. And we were all in the same boat, pretty much. We were all looking at each other and literally holding back tears. I have full, full face of makeup and glitter, you know, and um, there's horses around and there's a bar, there's things happening at the Strictly (laughs) studio. And then all I wanted to do was crawl and just, and go home. And it was almost midnight, but I knew that if I started crying or like all of a sudden had a hissy fit, then my teammates would have to wait longer and the whole production team would be delayed everything because of me so you suck it up (laughs) you know there is so you kind of go because I'm not the only one that's feeling it we all show it differently obviously if you're new you got all the energy but I'm almost 40 you know I've been doing all the time (laughs) I have bunions everything hurts but you know what all you think about is the end result which is what's going to make everyone happy when they see that trail when they see that number Nobody knows that we were suffering, that we were in pain, that we had been there for hours. All they're going to see is happiness. All they're going to see is joy. And that's what they're going to feel as well. And that's what I think about. I think about how I'm making people feel. I put myself to the side, but at the end of the day, I'm still going to go home and rest and and take a hot bath and cry. Mm. I'm always going to cry. 
and have a release. But at that time, I was mostly thinking about my teammates, not letting my teammates down. I can really relate to that. I, I never want to be the one that makes it everybody late. There's something in that as well. I mean, if you're doing a sport that's a kind of individual sport, because I've been in really places like that where I, I'm a crier, by the way. <laughs> I'm an ugly crier. Like, <laughs> 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 me too. Oh, gosh. Like a baby. Like, a, oh, gosh. Like, but only about <laughs> myself. I'm, do you know what I mean? So I do the same. So people doing an individual sport when they're in a place like that, because there is something about the team and not letting down the team that can get you through. But what would your advice be to people who are probably in that place, but on their own, for example? You know, there's always a team around you. Yeah, there's family or there's friends. Yeah, there's, there's there. people yeah. that are there supporting you 100%. But at the same time, the only person you'll be letting down is yourself. But it also depends. Sometimes it's sometimes we ask so much from our bodies. And then there's there's a time where you have to just stop and you have to be okay with it. And I think that's what I'm learning even more now. And I've become a little bit more aware and I've almost woken up to it that it's okay sometimes to not go on. It's okay to kind of go, you know what, I'm going to sit, I, I can't, I actually can't go on. It's very easy to say, just suck it up and just go, just do it. But if that's going to be debilitating at some point, or if you actually, if you've never pushed yourself past that point before, it's it's hard and it takes a lot of digging, a lot of deep digging and praying and, you know, saying, I'm, I promise that I will do a lot of different things. <laughs> I will take the dog out at 6 a.m. every day. Just let me finish this race. <laughs> you know, you, you know, you <sighs> promised yourself so many different things, but at the end of the day, it's, it's not going to, it's not going to be devastating. It's not going to, nothing horrible is going to happen. A little bit of a hurt ego, but you can always go back and try again. And I think that's the beauty of Gosh, it. That's really you good. can always go back yeah. and do it again and learn from that. Why was, why was I tired? Why couldn't I finish? How can I improve? Take notes, be, be smarter about little details. Everything is a, is a learning curve and everything that I'm doing now after this injury is for it's all for my well-being up here the body will always work it'll it'll do as i say but mentally i would have crashed and burned if i didn't take some time to actually go listen you need to you need to relax now you need to take some time and reflect i think that's really worth considering because you know we can put our foot on the pedal can't we and taking it off sometimes is actually a difficult thing yeah i think it's harder it's much harder it's easier to keep going. Well, not easy, but if you don't have any other way, it is mm. very tough to be able to actually go, I can't do this today. You could probably do it tomorrow or next week. That's the, the mentality for me now and that I would probably suggest to other people as well. That's so interesting. So that's a big change for you. I'm growing up. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm growing up and I got scared that the thing that I love the most was going to be taken away and how I express myself the best. The thing that I grew up with that was my best friend has always been my best friend, has been my, my, my art. It's been my shadow. It's been with me the whole time. And to all of a sudden put it to bed doesn't sit right with me. People go, oh, you should have a backup plan. What, should I be an accountant? Should I have done, you know, should I be a doctor now? Like, I'm like, I have no, I have different things that I do because of my dancing and because of the platform that, that Strictly has given me. But I don't want to make other plans. This is my plan. This has always been my plan. 
and I will continue it as, as for as long as I can. This podcast is brought to you by Wattbike. Push your performance this year with Wattbike. Whether you're training for a sportive or simply want to get fitter, the award-winning smart bike Wattbike Atom could be your perfect training partner. With integrated gear shifters, real ride feel and gold standard accuracy, this is the ultimate indoor bike to kickstart your indoor training. You can measure and track your cycling performance on the free Wattbike Hub app and get real-time feedback on your pedaling technique too. Expertly crafted and designed in the UK, what bikes are tough enough to withstand elite athletes in training while beautiful enough to sit in your own home. Discover how what bike can help you reach your goals this year. Just head to whatbike.com. You talk about other things that you do. I mean, you've started your own online fitness community, which I sort of look in and look out and do something. <laughs> Power Power, which is an awesome name. Tell us about it. Oh, yes. You know what? I've loved fitness since I was a little toddler, little monkey, you know, because my mom, my mom always fit. Oh, she still does her yoga and works out in, in, in her apartment. And I think that for me, Again, it's always come hand in hand, dancing, fitness, all of that. It's under one big umbrella. And I love that it's accessible. I want same dancing, sports, exercise should be accessible for everyone. Nobody should be afraid to move their body. And I think for females as well, there are days that you don't feel your best. There are days that you're bloated, you have your period, you have cramps. You know, how am I going to move today? How am I going to get out of bed? There's so many different things that you can do to ease and to bring your body back. And, and that's what I wanted to do with Howard Power, to influence in a good, positive way about fitness. It's not just about being skinny. It's about strength. It's about longevity. It's about seeing how, how much you can push yourself and how much fun you can have with it. Because that's what we forget about. We forget that doing jumping jacks is fun. Jumping rope is fun. Going for a run is fun. We did it as kids and we were always laughing. We're playing basketball or anything like that. We were always laughing when we did that. So why not do that as adults as well? Well, my, my favorite thing is that you do it with your dogs. <laughs> the yoga with the dogs or any the dogs are always there. I just love that. I genuinely. And that's the other thing as well that we've, we've changed a lot, haven't we, in the last two years, whereby you thought you had to go to the gym, didn't you? And that, there's nothing wrong with going to the gym. No. But you could do it at home with your dogs. <laughs> you can borrow my dogs if you want to. Um, <laughs> the two years that we've had, we've definitely had to kind of reshape our, our structure and I always feel comfortable working out at home. I've worked at gyms for plenty, you know, for a lot of years. I go to physio. I like changing the scenery, but I've always felt comfortable at home. And you don't need a lot, especially in the beginning. It's about using your body weight, using your body to explore how much you can push it without having anything extra added on at first, unless you, you're, you've been working out for a long time. But there's no... It's so intense to do, like, I, I've been doing a lot of agility, a lot of balance right now. I've been and watching. I break out into sweat, just standing there on one leg with my arms up and shaking. But it's all about the finer details. But also, I just really enjoy teaching about the body and instructing and coaching through where your body's supposed to be placed and the tilt in the hips and the closing your ribs and elongating the spine, shoulders back. I love repeating that over and over again. It's almost like a mantra. 
I thoroughly enjoyed it. And I've been, I remember I started posting things on my Instagram, like from 2015. And there's like a whole bunch of videos out there that I, that I put up and I was like, Hey, why not, why not do something about it? I mean, I have zero time. <laughs> uh, what's, what's the ambition then with Howard Power, do you think? Have you got a sort of goal or what's the... It's slowly kind of building. I'd love to get it out there even more, possibly. I'd love to be more face on, do festivals around, around like workshops. I miss that connection of teaching people in person, being mm. there, giving that energy. So if I could go around the country with Howard Power, teaching, exercising and dancing, I think I'll be the happiest human ever. I will be the happiest human ever. Let's also talk. So you talked about the knee, haven't you? And rehab. And I've been watching all the balancing exercises that you've done. Mm -hmm. And you've also, you've had a walk bike anyway, hadn't you, for a couple of years? And you're using that as part of the rehab? Yes, I've been using that. And I was really excited when my my physio was like, you can go on your walk bike. I was like, what? You can do a little bit more harder workouts, do your hit workouts that you like to do, stand up on it. I mean, I use this watt bike for everything. I stretch on it. I do swings. I use it as a ballet bar. I use it as, you know, I use everything because it's such an amazing equipment, piece Mm -hmm. of equipment. I had never really owned anything like that before. Everything was for me was studio, ballet bar, back home, have nothing at home. When I purchased it two years ago now, I was thrilled. I couldn't wait. I charge it. I clean it. You know, <laughs> I went through all the things and I downloaded everything. And it was it was like my baby. But because I knew it was going to help me. How how does it help you as a dancer? Because it, to me, I, I never would have occurred to me. Well, core, it keeps my core strong okay. when you're at a slight angle forward. Yep. It strengthens my quads, my hamstrings, my calves. There's more mobility, more stamina, more cardio. There's the endurance aspect of it. So there's so many different things that I'm working on as well. But for me, it's mainly my stamina. The fact that I haven't actually properly danced in two years. I mean, I've done Strictly, which proper dancing, but then it's, it's only three months. The rest of the year, the last two years, I haven't actually been as active. So me jumping on this bike for 20 to 30 minutes a day, it already gives me that feeling, you know, the resistance that I put. I have a nucleus, what bike nucleus. So I'm, I'm there and I'm feeling it and I'm looking at the graphs and I'm seeing my right foot, you know, goes better than my left or if they're in a, in a good balancing position. There's so many different details that I can actually, I'm literally like the Terminator. <laughs> Are you? Oh my! It's like you become a machine. You become part of the machine, and that's what I love. You become part of this, the the bike. It's not just an instrument anymore. I am part of it. I I love it because it. First of all, it takes me mentally. If I'm feeling frustrated, and if I'm feeling like I don't want to go out for a walk, I don't want to do anything else. I don't want to see anybody. I, I just want to focus on me. This is exactly where I go to. It has so many options for me, but the health benefits are. I rehab on it. And I think that's one of the most important things for me now is that any day that I'm recovering, any days that I that I need a little bit of more movement through my joints and the flexibility in my body to keep everything moving. You're like I'm just like a car. If I stop, if I don't recheck it every moment, it just stiffens up. And also the older I'm getting, you know, I need to make sure that I'm creating more more space, more lengthening my spine, more lengthening in my muscles. I, I, I have to be more aware that I have to take care of myself even more. 
I mean, at any age, you should be. But when you're younger, you're like, yeah, I'm going to go out and I'm going to go dance for 17 hours. And then, you know, I'm going to go out again. I'm not going to sleep. Oh, it's okay. I can still dance. I can still do everything. You want me to dance on rocks? Fine. I'll dance on rocks. Now, I can't do that. Now, I, I have to be even more disciplined than I was before. That's interesting. So you use it every day. I try to, yeah. I try to use it every wow. day. Every day. Because, again, it gives me a little bit of my structure. My structure. Yeah. I get up. I get on the bike. I do a quick ride. I train the way that I dance. So for example, if I'm dancing for, if it's a minute and a half number, I go for like 30 seconds, nice and easy. And then I put up the, the resistance for 15 seconds, whether I'm doing a jive, which is 15, you know, 15 seconds of kicks or the resistance that I would have in a paso doble. So I kind of mimic the, the dances that I'm doing. It helps me. <laughs> yes it I just me ne- incredible I never ever would have put two and two together but now you explain it I can see why you would do that and also on Strictly because it is it's one and a half minutes of very intense and you can do that on a board bike of course a hundred percent I guess for me it's it's fun because I get to play around with it because then you know I take a dance a day also it depends how I'm feeling if I don't actually want to think I just just put it and I just go and I can move it around in the house <laughs> It's just helped me so much to, to again, just focus. It's a place where I just, it's just my time. It's mm. my time and for my body. And it sounds selfish, but sometimes you can't, you have to be a little bit selfish to be able to kind of slowly get through and see what your body, how your body's feeling and how, I, I don't think we thank our bodies enough. So thank you body for allowing me <laughs> to do what I do on an everyday basis. <laughs> do you know what? I've just done this um, mad cycle ride across Argentina and I just got off my bike. First of all, I thanked my bike. And then exactly <laughs> right. My bike kept me safe for 1,200 kilometers or whatever. And I just think, I just looked at my book and just thought, I'm 53. I cannot believe this body let me do that. And it was sore, but not, you know, it's incredible. You, There's a very good point to, that, just look at your dad and go, okay, you know, I might want to look at it a little bit different, but hey, I've done some amazing stuff. <laughs> no, it's, you know what? I think we underestimate the power that we have and this machine that we have. Yeah. And also I, I love, you know, this podcast is called Push Your Peak. I mean, I should have really noted down how many times you mentioned that word pushing because we don't, I think we, un- like you say, we underestimate what we can do, how far we can go and how much we can actually push ourselves. Yeah. As much as you push yourself, like we've said before, it's that how much is too much and where you can possibly push yourself over the limit and then there's no coming back. It's almost like you're, you're playing with fire a little bit. You can push yourself to absolute exhaustion, which feels great. Been there and I cried, (laughs) but also there is no limitation. There is no, you, you set the limits, you set your boundaries, you set everything and you know how much you can go and you know when it's breaking point, but it feels good when you get to that point where you're like, actually I've had enough, (laughs) but it also feels good when you actually go, I've had enough. I need to step back. And whether or not you chose it, it seems like it's been a good thing. You really, as you said at the top of the podcast, it's been a good thing for you to take your foot, not necessarily off the pedal, but off the dance pedal for a bit. Yeah, I mean, I hadn't properly rested in, I would say, since I was 27, 
Wow. That's when everything kicked off for me as a professional. And I didn't stop. You don't stop. Like when we have breaks, you don't stop. When you go to a beach and you lay down, that's not resting now. It's like, that's just, you know, casual sitting on the beach and having a drink. But to properly rest, I never knew. I never knew how to properly rest. I'm not good at sitting down. I'm not good at not being active. I'm not good at my brain is always going. What, what else can I be doing? What, oh my God, can I write a book? Oh my God, can I do a podcast? Oh my God, can I do this? Oh my God, can, you know, can I adopt another dog? Can I carry it? Can I have a baby? Can I, you know, it's, it's your brain just goes, but it is okay to allow yourself. It's almost like when you acknowledge that you are going to sit and you're going to rest for the day and you're going to allow all of these thoughts to go through and you're allowing yourself to take time off from here as well. Thoughts are always going to go. Just let them through, sit with it, be with it. It's okay to not be doing anything and that everybody else is still doing stuff. It's absolutely fine. Nothing bad is going to happen. The only thing that you're doing is just recharging. I'm just recharging. And that's exactly what I've been doing lately. And that's why I feel so fired up. I'm going to go get on the bike. (laughs) (laughs) I'm currently still on recharge as well. What I love to know when I watch you all on Strictly is when you go to the disco, what do you do? I mean, disco is such an old-fashioned word. When you go out on a night out, do you let your hair down? Do you dance like crazy? Do you I like dancing? dancing? Night out? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny because um, usually, no, I'm usually by the bar or the nearest buffet, but usually I don't really like to dance out, especially if people really? recognize you. Then people are going to be like, so are you going to do like a spin and like a flip or something? You know, all of a sudden people think that you're going to like do a routine from Strictly. I can't (laughs) do that (laughs) just randomly. I might injure myself. You kind of, you know, you do your step side, step side. You know, you might do a cheeky turn. I might, but I do a little bop, you know, bump and grind. A little shoulder, maybe a little shimmy if you get lucky. But it's mostly, you know, just, I just sit in place. But yeah, no, I don't go full out. (laughs) That might scare people. Imagine you coming into a club and two people going full out. I mean, they just probably think that we're we're just showing off. So, Karen, we have some quick fire questions for you. Don't think about these too much, okay? What's your guilty pleasure after a savage what bike session? Oh, bagel with cream cheese. <laughs> oh, yum! Uh, what song gets you pumped up for a workout? Oh, um. Probably Get Right by J-Lo, Jennifer Lopez. Who is your motivation? My mom. I kind of guess that might be. Oh, yeah, 100%. She doesn't, she doesn't, I don't really talk about her a lot, but she knows. She knows it. <laughs> Best piece of advice you've ever been given? Rest. Who was your role model growing up? Well, my mom was my role model, but I had so many amazing women around me from all my dance teachers, my sister, they were all very strong women who I looked up to and that supported me growing up and during my career. I had a couple of amazing females who were my rocks, pretty much. Do they know who they are? Well, actually, one of them is my, well, I went to the Martha Graham School of Contemporary Dance and I went to the Performing Arts High School. And one of them was my teacher, Penny Frank. And she was an absolute legend. She just supported me and gave me that belief in myself. And she didn't have to. There were so many of us. But she gave me that feeling that she, she, she supported me, that she cared. And I think that was really amazing to see from a teacher. What motivates you to do what you do? I love the struggle of it. 
I know it sounds weird, but I love the the fact that I'm in a constant chase. I can only take pit stops. And I love the, the fact that I'm always driven. There's something else, something else coming up that I have to get, that I have to be ready for. And that's the excitement. I actually feel the excitement in my, just thinking about it, projects and different things. And it's, yeah, I, I love the, the chase of it, the race. That's exciting to me. Final question for me. Who's your favorite Strictly partner? Oh, you're naughty. They're all my favorite. Who do you think? My favorite, all-time favorite, you and Jamie Lang. I love Jamie. I absolutely did. They know they're all my favorite. Of course. <laughs> Karen Howard, it's been an absolute pleasure to speak to you. Thank you so much for such insight and such honesty as well. We've really learned a lot about how you push yourself, how not to push yourself as well. I think that's been a real key from this podcast. Thank you very much indeed. And Thank go you and so take much. your smile out to the nation because we love you. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to Push Your Peak, a podcast for real athletes who don't know their limits. Next week, I'll be joined by New Zealand All Blacks manager and mental skills coach Gilbert Inoka, who shares how he helps each and every player reach their potential. It's fascinating. You can find What Bike on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter. To find out more, just head to whatbike.com. And if you like what you're hearing, I'd love it if you rate it, review it, and follow. It really helps. This podcast was brought to you by Watchbike. The Watchbike Atom is the ultimate indoor bike to kickstart your training. No matter what your training or fitness goals are, the free Watchbike Hub app can get you there. Check out watchbike.com to push your performance edge.